Welcome to the Podcasters Podcast, the show for podcasters by podcasters. In this show, I'm going to be giving you the tips, tricks, and anything else you need to get your podcast launched and keep it moving past the pod fade and into the stratosphere. Here we go. Hey everyone, Wayne here from the Podcasters Podcast. Today my guest is Aaron Schlein from the Dramatic Travels Podcast. Um, he uh, talks to people that have traveling websites and I think it's focused really around um, getting family to start traveling and, and moving around and seeing kind of what's available from there. But um, Aaron, how are you doing today? Tell us a little bit about your show and kind of um, you know give us some details of what's going on. I'm doing great, Wayne. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. You got a wonderful show here. Happy to share. Uh, my podcast is called Dramatic Travels, and I speak to passionate and influential travelers from from different capacities within the travel universe. And I really like to get into their backstories about the people and the places that inspired them to travel. Because my story, my travel story really started when I was a teenager. And my grandmother, she took me all over the world, and it just really made a huge impression on me. And it's an inspiration that I received from her that, that still has lasting effects to this day. So my mission through the podcast is really to get the word out to, to parents about the impacts that they can have on their kids through travel and really just giving them the inspiration and the tools to get out there and see the world with their kids and inspire them. Yeah, no, that that's awesome. I, I did the same thing. So my half of my family's from South America. So when I was in my teens, I had headed down there, travel all over this country. Um, so it's kind of like the smiley face of the U.S., all the bottom states and everything. I made sure that those were all hit and then a couple of sprinkles here and there. So I totally agree. And I want to make sure my kids get that chance also. So um, we took them to Hawaii and we're going to be uh, getting them some out of country trips coming up in a little bit. So excellent. You're going to make some powerful memories and Really, uh, really dig into that, man. That's awesome. I love to hear that. Yeah, for sure. Now, um, so where'd your grandmother take you that um, kind of really triggered this inspiration? So the very beginning, uh, I was 12 years old and she surprised my family and me. I have a sister two and a half years younger. So my sister, my parents and me and both of my grandparents went to London for 10 days over spring break when I was in sixth grade. Wow. Just had a blast. I grew up in Orange County and excuse me, I've been around the country a little bit, but mostly just to visit family, no real, you know, travel, travel. Uh, so this was, it was a big deal. It was a big deal for us. And it still a big deal even today, because I can go back in my head to those memories, the things that I learned, the experiences. And one of the ones that I like to talk about is just being 12 years old. And after spending a week in London, and we'd been riding the tube, the you know, the underground, the subway in London. Mm -hmm. And after about, you know, a few days of, of riding the tube, I really had it kind of mastered. And I had this real confidence. I knew that I'm 12 years old, but I could get around this big city all by myself around London. And it was just so empowering. And I uh, just really kind of set me off in that direction of, you know, okay, what else is there to explore in this world? So after that trip, my grandmother alternated every other year. She only had two grandkids. Right. My sister and me, which really helped us. You know, we got a lot of attention from her. So every other year we alternated, she took us on a trip by ourselves. So we went to to South America. We spent two weeks in South America, nice. Argentina and Brazil. Okay. And then we went to, uh, it spent two weeks in, in Asia. We did Hong Kong. We did Thailand, Singapore, Malaysia. And then we also, and we did Soviet Russia. So that was actually the first trip after the London trip. But nice. it was 1990. I was 13. 
and we did Soviet Russia and some Scandinavia. And that was a, that was a, that was a big one for me. Cause that was right. London. London was wonderful, but it's not that crazy different from what you just experienced day to day, except maybe mm-hmm. driving on the wrong side of the street. Right. But Russia was heavy, man. It was winter. It was cold. It was still communism. And there was just the cultural shock that, that I got, got hit with was remarkable. And I, I I'll never forget it. Yeah, for sure. And I, w- I was going to say too, so um, I started kind of close to the same age. So um, right when I was 14, um, my uh, like 13 to 14, my parents took me to Chile in South America, which is right next to Argentina. Um, and so it was the, um, the same kind of experience. I was going to say from London, um, yeah, the, there's no language barrier. It's just kind of an accent. So you can still kind of get around and they'll be like, hey, here's these American kids. But you know, you can still figure out where things are. So if you don't speak the language though, and you're in that in that environment, it's like, Oh, I got to learn a little bit enough just to kind of make sure I can be self-sufficient and get around. Um, but usually people are really kind about it. So, you know, I didn't run into any kind of problems or anything. I can ask for prices and where's the bathroom and, you know, how, how much is this, that type of stuff. So, um, but yeah, no, for sure. It's, uh, it's an interesting experience, um, needless to say, and it's, uh, definitely needs to happen. So I think travel definitely has to be in there, which is awesome. Yeah. And I found that to be true then and now just what you said that that kindness, is, is there pretty much in every corner of the world. And that's another huge message that I try to get out there that there are, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things we're led to believe about this world and how scary it can be. And yeah. when you get out there and see it for yourself, in my opinion, at least the world is not nearly as scary as we're led to believe. And there are kind people in absolutely every corner of this world and just get out there and meet them and, uh, you know, let it, let it affect you. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, it's 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 not even taking the risk. It's really just kind of taking the action because news will lead you to believe that we're in constant struggle and war everywhere. Really, when you go there, it's one singular event that's happening that, you know, most of the people don't even aren't even concerned with. And for the most part, everybody is going to be kind and accepting and, you know, seeing what's going on. So, yeah, so don't even it's not even take the risk of travel. It's go get the adventure of travel and get out there and, you know, don't let any of the news organizations let you think otherwise right now. Um well, and from a true risk standpoint, in terms of statistics, if you believe the numbers, which I do, I'm a big numbers guy, you're, there's a, for better or for worse, there are a lot of places on planet earth where you are safer than here in the United States of America. That's, it's just fact. It's not a fact that I'm proud of. It's not a fact right. that I like. It's just, you're, 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 you know, I've heard Rick Steves give a talk a couple months ago and he was talking about, how, you know, he was headed off to Europe and he said, oh, his friend said, oh, hey, be safe out there. And he's like, well, I'm going to a place that's far safer than here. You guys be safe while I'm right. gone. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And like I've heard things like Japan, um, like in Tokyo, like the most dangerous parts of Tokyo are still like, you know, safer than like Midtown in New York. So <laughs> remarkable. Yeah. So things like that. So it's awesome. So your podcast is fairly new. So I think you just released episode eight at the time of this recording. Um, so what kind of like, you know, clearly you've had all these experiences growing up through life. So what was kind of that trigger that said like, Hey, you know what? I think I want to take these experiences, figure some stuff out and actually launch this podcast. Like what really kind of drove you to to do this creation? Well, the, the story of really the narrative behind what I'm doing now actually goes back uh, to 2006 and my local newspaper, the Sacramento Bee, the, the editor of the travel section put out a call to readers looking for articles uh, for the Mother's Day issue about uh, from people who had traveled with their mothers or their grandmothers. And okay. my girlfriend at the time came across this article and uh, she's my wife now. And she showed me, she said, look, you know, she, you always tell these stories about traveling with your grandmother. You should send in a story to the bee. And I did. And they published it and it was super cool. That's awesome. Yeah. 
cut out the article. I framed it for my grandma. It's still hanging on her wall to this day. My grandmother's still alive. She turned 90 yesterday. Wow. Congrats. <laughs> yeah. Super pumped about the podcast. She loves, she still struggles with the technology a little bit. You know, I right. can't quite get the button thing to do it. But we, we, we work through it. I digress. So, anyway, <laughs> so that's kind of the basic story where I like really kind of brought it all together. How much those travels that affected me and how grateful I was to her for, for kind of giving me those gifts. And then it sort of lay dormant for years. I graduated from college and I got a, I got a job. I got a degree in economics, got a you know typical corporate job for about a decade. And then I really started to feel more of a creative urge that has had not been satisfied for a long time. And I always went back to those, you know, those travel stories and those thoughts of my grandmother. I wanted to do something to get that out into the world. So my initial thought uh, was that I was going to write a book. Okay. I'm going to book about my travels and then also incorporate stories from other people about how they were inspired as kids, you know, really kind of a, a one-stop shop for, for travel inspiration for, for parents looking to inspire their kids. Cause I love my story, but it's just one story. There's lots of stories out there. And so kind of started researching the book and I would, I would put in call, cold calls to people or cold emails. Say, Hey, can I chat with you? You know, going through travel blog, going on different travel blogs and contacting people trying right. to just say, Hey, can I get 20, 30 minutes to chit chat with you about your experience? And hit a ton of dead ends, way more dead ends than, you know, <laughs> probably nine out of 10 people, I wouldn't even get a response. And then that 10th response, a lot of time was, Hey, you know, it sounds real. What you're doing sounds neat, but you know, don't have the time. Okay. Yeah. So at the same time, I was really getting into podcasts. I got into podcasts, podcasts as a listener, kind of late in the game, only about six, seven months ago. It was okay. October. I remember the exact date. It was October the 4th of 2017. So we're talking just a little over six months ago. It was, I listened to my very first podcast and I don't remember who said it. I'd love to credit the person I heard this from, but they, they hit home that point. Like when you're trying to get in front of somebody, get some time with somebody. If you say, Hey, can I just have one-on-one -on -one time to talk to you for this book interview versus, Hey, can I speak to you about the same topic, but on a podcast that has the potential to be listened, you know, around the world, that is a completely different conversation. Yep. And once I kind of had that notion, I'm going to start a podcast. And I've sent those cold emails as, would you like to join me on my podcast and talk about X, Y, and Z? The response was night and day difference. I would say <laughs> I got a probably 70 to 80% a positive response as opposed to, you know, less than 10%. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah, no, and it's, it's definitely a powerful platform for sure. And has picked up, I think you came in right at the, a good time with that wave because podcasting literally has been around since about that time, the 2006 time, a little bit before that, but back then it wasn't podcasting. Apple hadn't really coined that term or even really existed as a media space, really. It was more, um, you know, just kind of like online internet, online radio shows is really what it is. Um, yep. So, yeah, so it was um, it was a totally different landscape way back then. And so now things, you know, there's um, John Lee Dumas has a show called Entrepreneur on Fire, and he's been one of the main pushing champions of getting podcasting awareness out there. And there's probably a few other um, that are really kind of being big motivators and swings with the momentum of where podcast is going. And so a lot of people have heard about it. A lot of people are jumping on board. And so it was kind of a really good time to get started, honestly. Absolutely. And I would be remiss if I didn't give credit to John Lee Dumas as well, because Entrepreneur on Fire was that very first podcast that I listened to on October 4th, 2017. I uh, opened the podcast app for the very first time, typed in the word entrepreneur and 
wouldn't you know, an entrepreneur on fire with that bright orange artwork just jumped right off the screen. I pushed play and I was off and running. And then the, the advantage of coming into that show so late in the game, it's a daily podcast. It's been around th- since 2012. So there was 1800 some episodes, back right. episodes at this time. So I mean, I had virtually, you know, an endless supply of this content. Years worth of listening. <laughs> and of course that threw me into, you know, learning about Podcasters Paradise, which is his you know, mastermind for, for podcasters of, of, of all abilities and, you know, how, uh, and careers. And I'm a part of that now as you are. Mm-hmm. And it's really, it's just taken me to a whole new place that six months ago, I had no idea I was going down this road. And I'm so excited about it to be part of something so new and cool and fresh and meeting new people all the time, like yourself. So much fun. Yeah, for sure. No, it's and it's it's just a great way to kind of like meet and network with people too. So it's uh it's an awesome opportunity just to kind of have those conversations because you never know you wouldn't run into these people otherwise. I mean, you might because you travel all the time, so you're going to find <laughs> interesting characters everywhere. But for the most part, you know, a lot of people that kind of just stay to their neighborhood. You know, you'll you'll get to meet a couple people around town. But this kind of opens it up to the world, really, which is Definitely. which is incredible. Um, you know, one of my first guests, um, she uh, she actually is from Russia and lives in Beijing. And so, you know, having a conversation with her um, for, you know, an hour and a half, that would never have happened otherwise. So how unbelievable is that? Uh, Two weeks ago, I interviewed a woman named Lisa Dornfest and she left her corporate job with Credit Suisse in New York City and she sails around the world and she was she got enough signal on her cell phone in Sri Lanka two weeks ago that we I interviewed her for the podcast. We did an hour and a half from her boat using her iPhone from Sri Lanka. We're on completely opposite ends of the time zones. It was 10 a.m. here. It was 10 p.m. there. Yep. Darn it, we got it done. And you listen back and you, you might as well be in the same room if you're, you know, you're listening to it on your earbuds. Yeah, technology is an awesome thing. <laughs> For sure. So um, yeah. Now, so, so speaking of that, so you, now you said you're part of Podcasters Paradise. So most of your... Um, knowledge and awareness of picking up how to get a podcast started. And I'm assuming came from that community and those classes and everything. Um, so, you know, what were some of the, uh, the larger struggles that you ran into when you were trying to get launched and, and going, like what were some of your difficulties? On the technical side, I honestly, I don't want to toot my own horn here, but I, on the technical side, I was able to overcome that pretty reasonably because I have a, a fair background in technology and audio and video. I did some, some video stuff in college and I have a, a loose familiar familiarity with, with editing, but the idea of, of getting the pod, actually getting the podcast out into the world, I didn't realize, I didn't know anything about the steps. And I, you know, I kind of went through them one by one. Podcasters Paradise was a great resource for that, that really walked you through step by step by step. And it's, I don't want I definitely don't want to say that it's easy because it's not, but the idea that, you know, you open up your app, your Apple app on your phone, you see all these podcasts, it seems kind of like unattainable, like that's for other people. But then when I followed these steps over the course of a few weeks, and then I saw my own podcast show right up there in the feed in Apple podcasts with all these other shows that I've been listening to, I was like, wow, I, I did that. I made that happen. I had definitely had this wonderful support team around me, yep. um, virtual support team to make it happen. <laughs> but it was, it was, it was so cool. And it really opened my eyes to, to the, to the possibility. So just to really get to your question, like what were my biggest challenges? Personally, my challenges were um, just taking that, taking that initial action to get that ball rolling because action breeds action and yeah. ideas breed ideas. I really have come, I've always sort of believed that, but I've really, really come to, just really strongly believe in it. You know, when taking that, that first little bit of action for me, um, 
maybe getting into the weeds here a little bit, but through Entrepreneur on Fire, uh, JLD has his free podcast course. You know, I basically took the steps exactly the way that he would want you to take the steps. They call it a, a funnel, right. sales funnel. You start out, you listen to the show, then you check out the free podcast course. And then the next thing you know, I'm in podcasters paradise. And then it all, it all just worked out in a, in a really kind of serendipitous <laughs> way. Cause if I hadn't pushed play on that particular podcast on October 4th, 2017, I, who knows if I'd be talking to you right now. And that's, it's pretty cool to think about it. That's true. No, for sure. And actually, no, it, it, you're totally right. It's about getting that momentum and kind of taking those first steps. And it's, it's kind of that, I guess it's moderate. It's not super easy. It's not super complicated. There are some things that might be out of people's grasp, like if they don't necessarily have that technical background, but sometimes they do and they kind of lack some of that marketing and you know broadcasting background of like, how do I get this out there? How do I let people know about my stuff? Um, so you know, sometimes you kind of fit in the middle and it works really well. And then other times, sometimes you do need that help. So you'd mentioned that support team, um, you know, the virtual support team, which I think is a lot of the, the community members, I'm gonna assume, right? Yeah, the community. Oh, I, I love it because, you know, God bless my family and my friends. I love them all. But if I've got a podcasting question or if I want some feedback on something, you know, specific to do with my podcast or some social media advice, because that's one area too. I had, you know, going back to your question, social media, no experience, no presence whatsoever outside of, you know, just my immediate friends, people that I, you know, actually knew in real life. Right. And so that was a huge uh, learning curves and I'm still, and it's a learning curve that I'm still you know, traveling on upward, hopefully, but there's a lot of stuff that goes into that social media, um, component. Like you said, recording a show, getting it out there. Once you do that, okay, now what you got to let people know that it's there. Right. And definitely, um, that's an area that I lack. And honestly, to tell you the honest truth, it's an area I don't have a ton of just natural interest in. Mm -hmm. So I think of over time, you know, this does grow to something beyond me. That's something I would probably look into acquiring help because right. time management is, is key because there's so many things you have to do. And if you're a one man show the way I am, you've got, there's just not time for everything. So some things tend to get neglected. And I love, I, I'm a huge advocate of amplifying my strengths. So mm -hmm. you talked about kind of being that kind of being in the middle, jack of all trades, doing a little bit of this, a little bit of that. That's really helpful, especially in the beginning. But I think as you move on, you know, being able to amplify what I do best, what I do best, I think is creating the content, doing the podcast, connecting with my guests, connecting with my audience. But there's a lot of other stuff that goes on. If you want to have a successful podcast that I would I honestly, I'd love to be able to outsource, but I'm not quite <laughs> there yet, but I'm working on it. No, for sure. And actually one of the things that I would recommend, and this is probably a good tip for anybody else that's, um, that's concerned about this. Um, you know, once you get to the point to where you're outsourcing, that's awesome. Cause you're finding like a, a virtual assistant or, you know, somebody like a local community college where they're doing audio editing or they want to get into marketing or something like that. So you can kind of take advantage of, um, you know, them wanting to learn and, you know, kind of work together with that. So there's that there, but in the meantime, before you get there, um, you hear a lot of people talking about systems and systematizing and really what that is, it's just automation. Um, and so, you know, learning a little bit about how the automation can help will actually save you a person or two before you need them. <laughs> um, so that way, when you're actually getting somebody, that's really person number three that you're, you're acquiring at that point. Um, so it's, that's something that, you know, um, I would kind of look towards, especially with the social media. Um, there are ways, um, apps like Hootsuite, um, me Edgar is one of the, the great ones that are out there. And some of these are a little technical, like how you get them set up. But um, an example for like how I'm set up with here, I have a huge tech computer programming and everything background. So the automation is actually 
kind of like second nature for me. Um, so a lot of the, the things that I do for that, um, like the sign up um, process that you have. So I send out a Facebook post saying like, Hey, you know, looking for people for the show. And it links to a software called Calendly, which is just a scheduling software that's out there. It's free. Anytime someone joins in through Calendly and sets that appointment up, I have a CRM, which is a customer relationship manager software that's hooked up to Calendly. Um, so that creates a, a person's account or puts a little note and says, Hey, you know, so-and-so signed up for your podcast automatically sends you an email saying, thanks for signing up. You'll get an, you know, an email later. So it's already made accounts information and now it's already sent you an email and I haven't even done a thing at this point. Um, you know, from there, it creates the the meeting. So we're using Zoom. So it made the Zoom meeting for us and sent you that email saying like, hey, your Zoom meeting is going to be in an hour. Here's the link. Um, so it's handling all this stuff for me without me even thinking about it. Um, when we're done with this interview, tomorrow you're going to get an email saying thank you for the, uh, for the interview. Um, and then when I start getting into the publishing points, um, I use WordPress for everything because I actually have a, a typed up blog um, for you know notes and uh, show notes as well as just actual just posts that are out there for information. Um, and so the show notes for these episodes are going to go no blog, similar to like how you have yours. Um, but what will happen is when uh, all I'll have to do is just upload to Libsyn. I won't have to do anything else with that. So when Libsyn releases my episode, that'll automatically go to all the podcast directories. It will automatically hit my WordPress site without me having to think about it. And then WordPress will hand that out to Twitter and Facebook <laughs> automatically. So it's doing the spider web of marketing for me and I'm doing two or three things. And so, you know, it's, there's a lot there. <laughs> right. Well, you said, you know, like while this is happening, you said, you know, you, you had, you're doing nothing. That's not true. You're doing other things. And that's the beauty of it, you know, because you could, every one of those steps you just described, you could, you could do through brute force. Right. But that means you're not being able to do something else, which is something that's more likely to move the needle for your show, more likely to provide more value for, for your audience and for the people in your personal life, you know, just to be able to automate those processes. And you mentioned Meet Edgar. Because I've been considering it because it's, it's like 50 bucks a month to, mm-hmm. to, to just basically fully automate your social media and, yes. to, and to blast your content. And my first you know, months ago, 50 bucks a month. Oh, forget that nonsense. You know, I'm going to do that myself. Mm-hmm. And then you get a little deeper and you realize how many moving parts there are and all these little things you have to do. And now I'm at the point like suddenly $50 and wow, that seems like a huge value you know, as opposed to three months ago, because it is for sure. They definitely get into that trap of, Oh, I can do that myself. Oh, I can do that myself. And the next thing you know, you're doing everything yourself. You're spending 90% of your day on just essentially administrative tasks and 10% of your day creating content, which is what people actually show up for. When really that, that ratio should be flipped on its head, you know, 90% content, 10%, you know, yeah, no, actually, nonsense. yeah, actually doing the stuff. No, and actually, so there's actually two points to that, um, that $50 price point, because I know that is very scary, especially for getting just started in podcasting, because for one, you're not bringing in the income. So it's just a money suck, you're throwing money out the door, you get this thing going. And so $50, you're like, whoa, hey, what's going on here. And so there's two things, there's the business aspect to that. So um, the, uh, the woman that created me, Edgar, actually has been on JLD's um, show. So you'll have to go back a while, like this is, you know, probably episode like five or 600 or something like that. Um, you'll be able to find her in there. But essentially, um, they talk about it. And the, the, the thought about this, and you know, if you have a business or a small business, then the question will come down to, um, you know, 
I see people charging like $30, $40. Oh, I'll do this for $15, you know, and I'll be able to get all this business and you're undercutting. And basically what you'll end up doing is you start creating this race to the bottom and you start undercutting and making it cheaper and cheaper and cheaper. And no one wins that race (laughs) when you start going down there. And then also what happens is you really think about this, um, you know, and it's unfortunate that it's this way, but people that are investing money into a product, if you throw $3 at a product, you kind of don't care. You put $50 in a product, you're invested. Like you're like, hey, I want to make sure that this thing works. And then vice versa from from the company standpoint, they have a $10 product. You have $10 clients that you know kind of don't care. They'll give you hassle. They'll kind of troll your your customer service every once in a while. So you'll, you'll end up with a lot of hassle. Whereas if you have a $50 client, that's a $50 client. Like they, you know, they're invested. And so it kind of gives you a little bit of a, a, a caliber um, of, of person that you want to do business with. And so you end up with, um, kind of your less general complaint and actually more of a partnership because the person is investing this 50 bucks and they're the ones that are going to say, Hey, this feature isn't working out right. What can we do? And so then you can kind of work together and figure out that collaboration and who knows you end up with more services that you can charge for at the end. Um, so, you know, that's, that's kind of that business aspect where you need to really think about that. It's like, don't race to the bottom and do you want those $5 clients, you know, cause it might not be worth your, your time investment. So that's that first question. But then secondly to that, what is it doing? The value that it does, it is tremendous. It literally hooks to all of the social media accounts that you can think of. So this is, you know, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter. I think it hooks into Instagram. It ties into your blog. So you could make me Edgar the center of everything. Um, so you get to the point where you're only doing one thing, like creating content in one area, and then Meet Edgar will handle all of the churn going out. Now, on top of that, one of the other things that people don't think about is evergreen content. So evergreen content is stuff that really isn't dated. So, you know, if we were talking about like the 2016 election or, you know, politics, then that's relevant to the time. You know, 10 years in the future, it's not going to matter that much. 10 years in the past, you know, it hasn't happened, you know, that kind of a thing. So, you know, there's these time things, but evergreen content, really, it doesn't matter when you're really talking about it. And actually, a lot of podcasting type of information is pretty much evergreen because for the most part, you're going to be recording audio. You know, maybe the the hardware will change here and there a little bit. Microphone's been a microphone since the 30s, <laughs> you know? So the only thing that's going to happen is you're just going to get better microphones, but the technology isn't going to drastically flip on its ear, you know? So, you know, that content, if you have a... Um, you know, a post or a show about something like that, then you can reshare that over time because a lot of social media, the attention span is short. So Twitter, it's something like five seconds. If you get that tweet out and no one sees it within five seconds, it's gone into the ether. And so how do you keep making that tweet fresh and getting it going? You have to manually go in, you have to delete that old one, then you have to copy and paste and make a new one. And so you have to do all this by hand work. I mean, Edgar does that for you. So it actually keeps a hold of your statistics of what's going on. So you can see how well your things are performing and it's resharing old content. So you kind of have this library of things. Like let's say you have 10 blog posts. So if you've posted once a week, that's 10 weeks worth of content. That thing from week number one, that was 10 weeks ago, more than two months ago. Now it'll grab that because you haven't given it a post and it'll refresh it and bring it back up. Um, so that value that's there, I mean, that's doing a full-time job of a person. <laughs> yeah, no you doubt know? for 50 bucks a month. And I, I just know to your point as, as a content creator, you know, whatever I'm working on right now or whatever the post I just published or the episode that I, you know, I just most recently recorded, that's what's fresh in your mind. And that's the stuff when I, I'm going to go to Twitter, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to pump this new blog post I wrote, but you know, there's a great blog post I wrote six months ago that I maybe haven't thought about in a while. And that's when you get right. it into that cycle with meet Edgar or, or something similar where, you know, it's, 
kind of churning out that evergreen content that you might not, your primary focus may be, you know, long gone from that particular piece of content, but it's still great content and it still deserves to be shared. Yeah, for sure. No, and it absolutely does. And actually I had a, um, a podcast back in 2015 and, um, it, it's not around anymore. And what's funny is, um, Kate Erickson, who's, um, John's better half, um, from entrepreneur on fire. Um, she has Kate's take and has these articles and actually I was in one of her articles. And so every once in a while I'll see that old Twitter account get pinged because meet Edgar will bring that article back up. And so that's from like two and a half years ago. And I was like, Oh, maybe I should shut this account down or tell her that this doesn't exist anymore. But it's just interesting interesting to see that like every once in a while it'll get through this content and then boom, you know, here it is six months later, there's this two year old article that's still relevant. There's good information in there because it's about podcasting, you know, quotes of some of the, you know, struggles and other things that people had. And so it actually, um, it serves the community to do that, but she hasn't had to think about that content for at least two and a half years and meet is doing it for her. So <laughs> definitely. And then when you get into that kind of that stratosphere, you know, the kind of income that they're generating with entrepreneur on fire, all the more, all the more reason to invest that $49. I mean, that's, that's not even probably a, a second thought. Right. When you consider how many, how much more valuable things they could be doing with any given moment. And for me, it's not monetary right now, but I've got a wife, I've got two, two young kids and mm-hmm. every moment I spend setting up social media or anything, you know, <laughs> you could you know pick a, pick an activity. It's time right. I'm not spending with them. And that, that absolutely has value. And that's, it's something folks absolutely, you know, get your mind around. There's an opportunity cost to absolutely every decision you make, every activity you engage in. And it's not always monetary, but you know, you only got so many, so many minutes, so many hours, so many days on this planet and, you know, do spend them doing what you want, doing what you're great at. That's, that's, that's an enjoyable life as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, for sure. And actually, you know what, that's, um, this is a scary thing. So I have three kids, um, myself and my, my oldest is 10 and, um, just something to keep aware of because what you just said is an extremely good point. You want to spend the time with that family. You know, you don't want to be wasting that time commuting back and forth to a job or, you know, other things where you're sucking all of that time away, especially when they're young, you want those, um, experiences and you want that time with them because by the time they're 18, they have spent over half of the time they will ever spend with you. Because once they move out of the house, you're not going to see them as often and it'll become less and less as they become older and grow their own families. So if you really think about it, those, those first 18 years before they're out the door, they've already spent over half the time you'll ever see them, which is sad and scary, but that's where the statistics are right now. And so, you know, if you really think about it, like, you know, you're talking about your grandmother, um, you know, it's how often do you see her day to day? And like, unless she's living with you, you know, it's every once in a while kind of thing. And, you know, but when you're with them, parents are growing up, et cetera, or kids are growing up rather, you know, they're in the house every single day. So don't take that time for granted because eventually that there'll be that teenager or that early 20 year old and they'll be like, peace out. <laughs> you know, I won't be here anymore. I'm going to college. See you later. And then all of a sudden that emptiness syndrome kind of like shocks you and you don't realize what's going on. And you need that time because it's extremely valuable. Without question. And, and just to kind of to add on to that, having things that you're passionate about that you can do on your own and, but also incorporate into your life. So that also, you know, to kind of offset that empty nest syndrome, which for me, it's years away, but you kind of hear stories about people that are so invested in everything to do with their kids, whether it's their sports or their, you know, their academics, this or that, and the other thing, and the kids are gone. And you're like, all of a sudden you're like, Holy cow, what do I, what have I done for myself in the last 18 years? And you look over to your spouse and say, who, you know, you've been my, basically my business partner raising these kids and now they're gone. And <laughs> right. I don't want to, ha- I, I don't want to have to reinvent myself, you know, when my kids are out of the house 
I'm kind of just sort of keeping that creative, passionate side of me alive now. And then, but incorporating my family into it, you know, this isn't something that I just do totally separate. I go into a dark room and, you know, the, I'm the man behind the curtain. Like there, my family's involved in, in what I do to some degree. We talk about it. Uh, my son's five years old. If you've listened to my podcast, you hear his voice actually in my, um, in my intro, I use him as my announcer. Cause we were just playing one day. It started out as a joke. <laughs> I was just playing with the, with the microphone and said, Hey, can you say this is dramatic travels? And we went back and forth and I said, that is just too darn cute right. not to share. And it just fits into the, the theme of the show so perfectly. Cause it's just, you know, it's all, it's all about family and enriching lives and inspiring your kids. And, and I just thought it was so perfect. So anyway, yeah. just to make a, a short story long, you know, <laughs> should just try to balance. I don't, I don't think there's necessarily a balance per se, where it's like I'm doing one thing for a certain amount of time and then doing something completely different. It's just kind of all blurry and mixed together, but hopefully in a harmonious way. And I'm not the best at it. I struggle sometimes because I get you know, down the rabbit hole, but I'm, right. I'm, working, I'm working on climbing out of the rabbit hole more often. There you go. No, for sure. I mean, as long as we got the right... Um, the right mindset and the right framework to know that that's where we want to be Because if you're just lost in it and you're just continually just struggling with, you know, the job and working and busy, busy, busy. And it's always, you know, like you don't want to cats in the cradle kind of situation. So <laughs> oh yeah, we're going to have a cool time then. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, all right. So, we've covered a bunch of things with the show. Um, and then we've also had some good conversation. We're coming close to time right now. Um, so, um, how can people get a hold of you? You know, if they have any suggestions or questions or comments, they want to talk to you about your show, um, or just get to meet you personally, anything like that. Um, you know, how can, how can someone find you? Absolutely. Everything you need to know about me is right there at dramatic travels.com. And you can contact me. There's links to all my social media. So just remember dramatictravels.com and you can connect with me however you like to, to uh, engage after that. But everything you need to know about me is right there. All right. Excellent. And then is there anything else that you want to say before we get going? I just really enjoyed the show. Uh, Wayne enjoyed this conversation, man. It's been, been a whole lot of fun. I really think you're doing, doing great things for, for myself. And then I guess podcasters up and down the chain and just, you know, I've, I've got this mentality of if I can do it, anybody, anybody can do it. There's, there's things that I'm good at that I, that I was able to kind of amplify on my podcasting journey, but there's things that I was lousy at that I had to either learn how to do, or hopefully, you know, someday have other people do. So whatever your strengths are, there's ways that you can apply them in starting a podcast. And then there's things that you're weak at, try to, to help find a, you know, get a support team around you to help fill those gaps, but, but you can do it. And the technology absolutely is there. Like you were saying earlier, like if the technology didn't advance one iota beyond what it's at today, podcasts can still say will stay awesome from now until the end of time. Right. And Wayne and I are both speaking um, on $59 microphones <laughs> and you know, a MacBook. I'm talking on a MacBook. I mean, we've got most every household has what you need to get this going, but you know, but really focus on your content, focus on your audience, who your listeners are, the message you have, the value you want to provide the people you want to serve. That's really where, it, where it's at. The technology's there and it will always be there and it's only going to get easier. So. Yeah, for sure. No. And, and, you know, that's the thing. It's, it's really creating that content and taking the action because, um, you can always improve later. You know, you don't need the $5,000 microphone, you know, you don't need the super special software. There's some basic stuff that you can just get started with and at least get it out. And then, you know, if it starts to roll together and take off. Awesome. You know, invest a little bit more into it, treat it like a business and then, you know, start going from there. Action breeds action, my brother. Yeah. Get that out there in the world and, and then, and then edit and tweak it you know, on the fly, get the feedback from, uh, from the people that matter and then go on and do great things. 
Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Well, so it's been really great talking to you, Aaron. Um, so we'll definitely have another chat. Actually, just really quick. Are you going to podcast movement in July? You know, I'm not, or at least I'm not planning to as of this moment. Uh, I'm, I'm interested in it though. Uh, okay. stay, stay tuned for that. Cause I just had an opportunity to go to a really cool travel conference called travel con put on uh, nomadic Matt, if that name means anything to you, putting it on in Austin. And I waited and I waited, and I waited and now it's sold out and I'm on the stupid wait list. So I'm <laughs> kicking myself for, you know, not taking action after I just got through talking about how important action is. So, um, if I decide to go to podcast movement, I'm going to pull the trigger quick because yeah. I want to shut out. No, for sure. So I, I kind of struggle with the same thing. And then I, I definitely pulled the trigger on that. So I will be there for sure. I live in that area. So I'm close to Philly. Um, so I didn't even have to book the hotel. I can literally just drive over the bridge, get in there, um, you know, hang out for the day and then kind of come back and, and chill for the rest of the night. So, um, but so hopefully I'll see you there. Philadelphia is a great place to travel too. So um, there's a lot of history here. Um, so there's a lot of good things and believe it or not, there's some pretty good barbecue. So <laughs> interesting. Yeah. I feel I've, I've been across the States quite a bit, have not hit Philly yet. So now you gotta, you gotta bring the trip out. It's actually really nice, especially this time of year. Now that spring's starting to hit, you know, you'll get the cherry blossom soon. That'll be July. So, you know, the summer won't be that bad, but there's a lot of humidity in the area. <laughs> That's, I can, I can do humidity. I've, I've, I'd like to say I've seen it all, but I haven't, but there you humidity, go. <laughs> humidity, humidity and I do just fine together. Not bad. All right. So, um, we're going to go ahead and, and call that a show. Um, so Aaron, again, thank you so much for taking the time. Um, and we will be talking to you later. It's my pleasure, Wayne. Thanks. All right. Bye. Today's episode was brought to you by the letter W. Stands for WCR Studios, the production company that brought you today's episode and every episode of the Podcasters Podcast. Come visit the site at WCRstudios.com. Check out some of the other great podcasts that we're in the middle of producing. And as always, we will catch you next time on the next episode of the Podcasters Podcast. Podcast.